city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So subscribe, comment, share, or like. Yesterday we were back talking about the NBA playoffs. We will be talking more about that. We'll be also joined with the Joseph Aguirre in just a brief little time as we discuss the ongoing situation in baseball. Pitchers. Versus the MLB. Is that the new matchup we've all been looking at? And we'll talk about the New York Yankees. Why have they become so tricky to figure out this year? But like we talked about yesterday, we talked about the NBA playoffs. We talked about the process. Well, the process could end tonight. Could we be seeing the end of the Philadelphia 76ers, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid duo? After tonight, can the Atlanta Hawks stun and surprise the number one seed Philadelphia 76ers? And also... Can we see the L.A. Clippers get to the Western Conference Finals with, led by Paul George as Kawhi Leonard is going to be out again? So can we see the number one seed, both number one seeds go down tonight? We talked about it yesterday. I said the Jazz are more likely to win. Philadelphia, I could see losing. But we'll get into that in a little. But last night was another huge night in the NBA. The NBA has been dominating the headlines, whether it's been good or bad. Usually we talk a lot of NFL on this show because usually the NFL is the NFL. It usually is at the top of the of the ratings. That's what everybody's talking about. But right now it's about all about the NBA playoffs and the injuries, the ongoing injuries. And today breaking news as former Connecticut great Kemba Walker has a new home for now. Could be getting traded again, going to the OKC Thunder in exchange for Al Horford and a bunch of other players, pieces, picks. So Kemba Walker has a new home. That could be still TBD if he's playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder because they are in the midst of a rebuild. Speaking of the OKC Thunder, we should talk about the great Kevin Durant and how he's continued to play great in this postseason. And I wanted to actually start off with that because coming into this postseason, we've been talking about these three big names. Because it seems like these are the three names right now, and maybe with the with along side with Kawhi, maybe like Embiid, these have been the three main guys for for obvious reasons. Giannis, well, this time to actually get to an Eastern Conference Finals because every year he's almost taken a step back. While he's going to Game Seven, they did their job last night. Chris Middleton and Giannis pouring in sixty eight total points as a team as as a duo. We'll see what happens in Game 7. Paul George, last time we saw him in the playoffs last year, well, he was hitting backboards, the side of backboard rims in Game 7. So he needs a lot of pressure. He's been having pressure all his life in in the playoffs. And then KD gets the super team. You already know the story. I don't need to get into it. But I wanted to ask you, Ted, we talked about it yesterday, about which game was more impressive. I want to ask you now, the Clippers play tonight, then Game 7 is tomorrow between KD and Giannis. Who needs to win more out of these three guys? I know there's a bunch of guys, but these are the three big names that we've been talking about coming into these playoffs. They all three of them need it, okay? And I, and I, but I'll, and I'll explain who needs it the most. Um, KD needs it because another championship for him puts him in another tier. All right, a couple of years ago, when you get the same credit. 
because no, listen, of the fact that what he, he around He went to Oklahoma City Thunder, right? He went yeah. to Golden State because he couldn't beat them. KD's always had an all-star with him for whoever he's played with. Had Russell Westbrook, James Harden, then Harden left. Then he had Westbrook. Then he went to Golden State. He had superstars there. And then he chose to go to Brooklyn to team with Bakai Rape. And then he and then James Harden came over. KD needs it for his legacy to start being considered in that top five of all-time greats, like on the route much the Mount Rushmore of all time. And what I say that is if he starts piling on titles, if he can win this one and maybe win another two. He doesn't he's never gonna touch Jordan, but maybe he could step over Bird. Cause right now I look at LeBron James and Bird as the top two forwards in my starting five with Jordan Magic and possibly and probably Kareem. All right. That would be my starting five. Magic at point with Magic with LeBron, Larry Bird, and Kareem Abdul Jabbar. But if Kevin Durant can win now and maybe throw another one in the next two, three years, now you might have to start talking about Kevin Durant and LeBron James as the two greatest forwards of all time. Especially when you look at Kevin Durant and Larry Bird's career stats. They're very similar. Look them up. They're, it's it's pretty remarkable. So I say that in respect for his legacy. But he's already got a title. PG-13, he needs it because, well, he wants to be looked upon as one of those superstars that didn't fail, like a Carl Malone, like some of the other greats that we've seen in the past. Now, I will say this, though. If the Clippers do not make the conference finals, do not win a championship, there will be a but at the end of that statement. PG did it all he could, but Kawhi wasn't there. So he'll have an excuse. So it comes to my final guy, Giannis. This is the guy that needs it the most, for me personally. This is a guy that's been an MVP, two-time MVP. He's won a defensive player of the year. He has grown to be one of the greats in the NBA right now. But there's no more excuses no more with him. He signed the mega deal. They have Chris Middleton, another all-star. They signed and traded Drew Holiday. They brought pieces in. Brooke Lopez, they, he needs it for his legacy. He, you, you got, Listen, the hardest one they say is to get the first one. He needs it the most, Trev. He has the most pressure to get it because if he does not win, it's going to be another what if. Booze and Hoser is going to get fired and be like, well, we're going to blame the coach this year. Like, what is going to be the excuse now? No, no let, let me ask you this, and I'll get into my. Maybe I didn't explain it right. KD no, let me. PG 13, there's going to be a butt after his statement. But what is going to be the butt with Giannis? There's no injured superstar. So it's not like Let me ask you this is when. I'll get into my explanation in a, a brief second. But what I was going to say is. Um, if what does it do if the Nets lose game seven? And what would it be like if Giannis lost game seven? We got to take into consideration because let's think about the hold on for the Nets situation. Well, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Since they, well, hold on. Since they got in Kyrie, they were already one of the title favorites coming into this year, with the exception of maybe the Lakers, the Bucks, and the Clippers. The Nets were right there when they got KD and Kyrie. When you added Harden, right there, and I know Harden, and I know, I hold on, and I know Harden has. And I know Kyrie's out right now currently and looks like he's going to miss the rest of the series and maybe more. I don't know. Harden is still getting back into getting his footing down. If they lose, what does that do for Kevin Durant? What does that do for the, the Nets? And then if the Bucs, if they lose again too, and what does that do for Giannis? What would be a tougher loss, I should ask also? Would it be tougher for the Bucs or would it be tougher on the Nets? Well, also I'll put it this way. 
publicly and nationally, it'll be harder on the Nets because everyone expects when you have superstars that the super team that you're automatically supposed to win. But let's go back. Let's do a little history lesson. There was a similar team down in Miami that had the same thing. LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. And they won. And they didn't, and they, I know they made the finals, but they didn't win the championship. As good as they made it to, as much as they made it to the finals, they didn't win the title. So that was, that was, that was the issue going forward. With this team, they could, there could be an excuse. You can use an excuse with this team. One, because you can say James Harden's unhealthy. He is unhealthy. He's playing, but he's, you can tell he's not closer. And hold on, and Kyrie's out. Okay. And it, it won't be, it'll still be a negative because, like, ah, oh, the Nets still lost. That's okay. A lot of super teams don't win in the first year. Yeah, but what does that do for Kevin Durant's legacy then? Because I know that, because listen, look, LeBron has. Hold on. What if KD balls out, right? Has a 40 point game, like 10 rebounds, eight assists, right? And he just happens to lose because he doesn't get the support system like he did. Because here's the thing let's, let's, let's go back for a second. Game five, Jeff Green had 27 points, Brett Griffin had like 19, 20 points. If he gets no support from Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin looks like Blake Griffin from Detroit, and Jeff Green looks like the guy that, that's been traded to nine different teams, the Nets are not going to win this game. The Bucs are going to move on. Okay? And it won't be because of Kevin Durant. It will not be because of Kevin Durant. You will not blame Kevin Durant because of the Nets. You're not going to use him. I'm just saying with the way the world is now and how Kevin Durant has been ridiculed and criticized for obvious reasons the past couple years since joining the Golden State Warriors and then moving on to the Brooklyn Nets, he has always been compared because he is in the generation of LeBron James, and we've always compared those two because those have seemed, with the exception of maybe Steph Curry, that that those two guys have been the best and the faces of the NBA. LeBron, you saw LeBron do it. You saw LeBron done it actually multiple times in the Eastern Conference. Now, I know the Eastern Conference is tougher than what it was when LeBron was there. And I know everybody wants to say, well, LeBron did it. Well, LeBron also only had maybe the Boston Celtics. This, this, this Eastern Conference is a lot better. Well, then he had the Bulls that one year. more improved than when LeBron James was in the Eastern Conference. He had the battle of the Toronto Raptors. He owned the Raptors. With, the, with Kevin Durant, he's still going to get always – side by side, always getting compared with LeBron because they are the two of the best of their time, the two best of, the, of this generation. So yeah. for him to lose, if he were to lose, and not even get to a conference finals on top of it, think about this. We're, only, we're not even talking about the conference finals. We're talking about the semifinals. If he doesn't even get to the conference finals, with I know Harden's playing. He's playing. He gave minutes. I know he's still trying to get back from the engine, but he played, scored 16 points last night. There's no excuse. If the Nets don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, at least, it is a major, major failed season. I will not put all the blame on Kevin Durant, but there is still some blame on him. I don't care if, if he gets 40, 45 like the other night. I don't see them losing. There's no way Kevin Durant is scoring 40, 45 and them losing. I, I just don't see it. I think this, the crowd, the the energy that will feed off of that game seven. If Kevin Durant is playing the way he was the other night, it's going to be tough for the Milwaukee Bucks. If the Milwaukee Bucks lose game seven, I think they have to figure out what they want to do. What does Giannis want to do? Is Giannis saying, damn, 
I can't get over with this team. Maybe this is not the right city. Maybe he's different, and I hope he tries to really stay like a, a Damian Lillard. And I always appreciate guys like him, Bradley Beal, who want to stay loyal to their teams instead of getting out. If Giannis and them, Budenhauser will be gone. That's That looks like that would be a given. Then what do they do? They're another team that you have to almost add to the list of got to go get a number two or something. Well, they have a number two. They have a number two, Middleton. I know. Listen, I, will, I, I mean, Chad, you've said it on this show that Chris Middleton is not a number When I think of a number two, I think of like a Russell Westbrook, a Bradley Beal, something like that. Bradley Beal, hell, I'm I'm discrediting him because he's actually one of the better all around players in the game. I would say, like you look at you look at like the teams like the the Blazers, the Mavericks. You could add the Milwaukee Bucks if they go down in Game Seven. If they go down in Game Seven. They'll have to add that team to the list of looking for another super, another star. Well, see, I don't look at it like that. I look at Giannis is the is the problem. Can't shoot the ball. Now, if you watched the game last night, I know you didn't because you were working. Giannis for the first time all playoffs did not take one three. No, I saw. I saw. Yeah, I, I every watching. shot or majority of his shots were within five feet. He has to be that guy in Game Seven. He has to just play bully ball, take it in the lane, and dunk it and shoot those floating layups and whatnot because that's his game he can't shoot we talked about it yesterday on the show with ben simmons and him he can't shoot kevin durant there, there there will be an excuse in the sense that Kyrie wasn't healthy and harden wasn't healthy and it won't be an issue now yeah the dumb idiot fans and, and, the, and the general national public will be like it doesn't matter oh i know it won't matter of course but there will, the real people will understand that listen they were not full strength i was just reading a thing while you were talking the Nets have used 41 lineups during the regular season and 11, was this 11 or, hold on, give me one second. I want to make sure I say this correctly. And they've used, what was it right here? The Nets have used 41, yeah, different lineups, and they've used four different lineups in 11 playoff games. That's incredible. That shouldn't happen in the playoffs. That means there's no camaraderie. There's no um it doesn't. It just doesn't mesh. There's, there's no, you know, oh, chemistry. There's the right word I'm looking for. I was thinking football term. There you go, chemistry. There's no chemistry. I mean, Harden's not healthy. I mean, you got Jeff Green, you got Blake Griffin, you got Mike James. I mean, they're coming, they're going. You know, listen. It's funny. I was reading. The only staple of this offense has been Kevin Durant. Listen, I will not blame Kevin Durant if they happen to lose. I guarantee, though, the game is going to go down to a one-possession game. I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to go down to a one-possession game. It's going to come down to, can Giannis make his free throws late in the game and, and maybe make a jump shot? And, and and will he be able to defend Durant and slow him down? He's not going to stop him. Durant had 32 last night. Can you slow him down? And I don't know if you watched this, too. The referees have called two different games. Durant plays a lot easier at home than he does on the road in the sense of how they defend him. You know, you can buy. It's almost like when they play in Milwaukee, they're able to body him a lot more. Where in the Nets in Brooklyn, they're able. The referees call the game a little bit more uh, tacky. So I'm not going to blame the Brooklyn Nets. I will say, going back to your whole question, Giannis needs to win. I mean, I don't think he's ever been to a. Has he ever been to a conference finals? I, I mean, I'm drawing a blank right now. I don't think he's ever been to a conference finals. I think he, they got swept last year. By Miami, and then I think the other times they lost the Celtics and some. I don't think he's ever been to the conference finals. I don't think they have either. And, and there's, no, 
the excuse was okay. Now we brought in Drew Holiday. He's supposed to be the missing piece, the third guy. He's gonna be, you know, he's gonna bounce another All Star. Chris Middleton's a good player. He's an All Star. Okay, maybe he's not the ideal two, but you know what? At the end of the day, as we always say, doesn't come down to the number one, right? Doesn't come down to a LeBron James. Doesn't come down to a Durant. Doesn't come down to a Giannis. You know what I mean? Doesn't yeah. always come down to your number two. I mean Middleton. The difference last night was not Giannis, was Middleton. Hit 38 points, 11 for 16 from the field. He was on fire. He looked like a real number two, a dominant, almost like a 1A. That's how well he played last night. So if I think there's more pressure on Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday to perform as well as Giannis. This is a – I mean, listen, this team has been pretty much built the last couple of years to where we are now. Pretty much the same players have been there. I mean, there really hasn't been many changes in Milwaukee. If you really look at it deeply, where's the big change? Drew Holiday's really the new guy on the block. Other than that, everyone's been the same. So with the Nets, you could say, hey, listen. Here's my thing. The reason why it's easy that we could say, because KD already got the rings no matter what. Look, I don't care what people want to say. Oh, he wanted a gold. I don't care. It, it is what it is. You look at the history books, ain't going to be no asterisk. Ain't going to be nothing like a cross line saying. Hey, Magic you know, Johnson James never got – Magic Johnson doesn't get blamed for playing with James Worthy and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, 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 does, but my point is, is that, look, Kevin no, Durant – he, he, he doesn't get faulted. Okay? He doesn't get faulted for playing. Shaq and Kobe and all those guys, they don't get faulted. You know, I don't want to hear excuses. Kevin Durant joined a great team. Hey, LeBron James. He got he got titles with superstars too. He got Anthony Davis. He got with Dwayne Wayne. But listen, you need great players to help you get to the ultimate title. My thing is is about you see all these three players need the help. They need the win because it all comes down to legacy in the NBA. Kevin Durant, we already know what Kevin Durant will be. Kevin Durant will go down as one of the greatest scorers, if not the greatest scorer of this league. And he'll win championships. This year, it looks like he should be going into the conference finals because I don't care. With the team that they still have, I know that Kyrie's out. I know that Harden's banged up. He should lead them as being the alpha. He should lead them. If you want to get respect, if you yeah, want to get – to do it by himself against the Milwaukee team. If you want to get the credit from your peers and people in this field because you have been bashed for the past couple years now for the moves that you've made, it worked out in Golden State. Now it has to work in the net at Brooklyn. It has to. And this team, I don't care that. Then what's the excuse going to be in Milwaukee, Trev? Huh? What's going to be the excuse in Milwaukee, bro? This is how There's I no, look at it. There's this no way. No, this Green Bay Tobacco team is Milwaukee. Okay? There's they be an excuse. Around you got a Nets team like Tampa that's new kids on the block that they're trying to put everything together with no practice and got injuries and they're able to pull it out. I mean, I know a little different and probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but all I'm saying is when you have multiple lineups during the playoffs, that's a problem. You're supposed to be flowing. You're supposed to have the same lineup every game, chemistry. And when you're missing your two superstars, because he is, James Harden's on the court, bro, but come on. Don't, yeah, I know he's better than half the guys on his bench. Well, what's, the, what's the reason for it? I mean, KD just did it the other night. He just had 49, What did Jeff Green have? 27 points. What okay, did he have? Okay, then what? Well, he okay, got no support last night. You know how many people got, went double figures? You know how many people went double figures that game? 
Don't care. He's got to listen. The way he's going to win is if he gets support from his teammates. You're only as good as the guy next to you. I can do all the talking I want, but if you suck, it ain't gonna. It, it's not gonna help our show. He's got to get the support. Because here's the thing. I look, at, I look at Milwaukee's bench as giving Giannis much more support. Giannis has got to be a dominant player too, but I look at Kevin Durant's teammates as got to be. Because what if Durant has 49, has a huge game, but he gets nothing from his team again? Are you going to blame Kevin Durant? Honestly, you're going to blame Kevin Durant if he has like – See, like, let's realistically, 35. I'm answering your question. I never said I was going to blame Kevin Durant. I just said that it was going to be a failed season. Oh, of course because it's going to be a failed season. Because of, well, because because it's a failed season. You know that. Well, what? Let, me know just, let me know when you're done. Captain Obvious, you don't know. But come on, it was a failed season because the expectation when the beginning of the season, like you said before, was they were one of the favorites. I think Milwaukee was more of a favorite than the Nets, but they were really close. I think they were, it was like that. I believe the Nets, Lakers, and Brook, uh, Milwaukee were all one, two, three. I, I'm, I'm pretty positive they were one, two, three in the preseason favorites. So for me, you can use the excuse with the Nets if they don't win. I'm just wondering what's going to be the excuse with the Milwaukee Bucks again with Giannis. Like, ah, oh, Giannis couldn't come through in the clutch again. No, it's just they got to find, they got to figure out the situation. They got to figure out if if the pieces that they currently have right now. If you have to go make a trade, and with the way this NBA is, and and you're seeing it already happening with teams that are not in the playoffs, teams like the Pelicans, teams like the Dallas Mavericks, that got to figure out what they want to do with adding in Portland teams like that. Boston, just a few, yes. even Philadelphia could be the add to the mix. They need teams. This is what it comes down to in the NBA. You can have all the chemistry in the world. You can have the great coaching. You can have all that. All you need to do in the NBA is just have great talent. And it's spoke and it's been speaking volumes to that the past 20 years. Or I would say, yeah, since the Lakers. I mean, it's been going on forever. But since I've been alive, we've seen super teams in the sense of star players. Yes, I know the Lakers in 2000 with Jack and Kobe. The 50s had Boston Celtics with Havlicek and Bob Cousy and Bill Russell. And then, you know what I mean? Then you had the Lakers with Jerry West and Will Chamberlain. I mean, you, you look at the Sixers of the 70s with Moses Malone. I mean, everyone's always had multiple superstars winning titles. I want to also add Paul George to this because he is part of the discussion. I mean, Paul George needs to win as well because if you want to get compared, if you want to, if you want to have people forget – He's got a good supporting cast. If, but if you want people to forget about your travesty of a performance last year in the bubble, especially against the Denver Nuggets and in the all-around playoffs, then you need to pl- perform at the level that you're expected to be. And that is a top 15, top 10 player in this league currently. And that's what Paul George is. No matter what people want to say about him, well, how many people want to bash him for this? When he's a, when he is on and he is playing his game, Paul George is one of the top fifteen, top ten players in this league. He yeah. has a great supporting cast. He's got a coach that's won a title. Now it's on him. Look, you were the face of a franchise before. You were the guy that that team relied on. Why can't you do that again? I know you had a, a, a terrible leg injury back then, but 
that's over with. You've been playing at a high level since then. There is no reason for Paul George to not perform again the way he performed the other night. So all three of these guys need to win. It's just unfortunate that two of these guys have to play against one another. So someone's going to lose. I want to just add a little something to this part. You didn't throw his name in there. But if you had to rank him with the with the fourth guy I'm going to throw in there, where do you rank pressure-wise, one through four, Ben Simmons with this group? Number one, Giannis. Because I know we talked a lot about him yesterday because of his poor performance, but I'm telling you, Trev, you don't think – I mean, he might have the most pressure. Number I mean, one, I would say – I would say. If he plays like he did the other night, and I know you, I asked you a question and I got to let you answer it. If he plays like that, then there's going to be – I think there's going to be a serious change in Philadelphia. And I'm, you're talking about a, a two-time, three-time All-Star and Ben Simmons being available for some well, that's team. What, that's what I was going to say is that all four are definitely facing immense pressure. But if I had to pick, I would go Giannis one. I'd go KD two. I would go Paul George three and Simmons four because we already know what Ben Simmons is. The man don't shoot. The man can't hit free throws. We know what he does. He shies away from the moment, or his teammate Embiid does not. I would Ben Simmons. We already know what Ben Simmons is. I would put Ben Simmons. He's, in he's not. A, I wouldn't put him over any of those three. I would Gian- put him over Durant because Durant's Giannis, got the title. Durant's performed great. Giannis, I would put over each other. I think. I think Durant is had not been the issue. I don't. I don't put pressure. On, I. I don't think you. Put, I, I would, you put here's my thing. I put Giannis in the sense of because he needs to finally get to a conference finals. He needs to get over that hump. Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant, you want to continue to be, grow your legacy, build your legacy, get compared to the all. He has a legacy. Well, no matter. Well, no matter what you do, even with the team that you have, you need to win titles. And if you win a title with the team you currently have, then so be it. You have to win a title. To win in this league, you need to win titles, and you need to be great. Kevin Durant's already great. He can add to his legacy by winning another title. PG-13, same thing. He faces a lot of pressure as well. You were the face of a franchise before. You have done this. You have led your team. Why can't you do it again? And you play times when Kawhi's not there. You have the opportunity to close out the number one seed tonight on your home court. Get the job done, or if you fail, and let everybody – Continue to bash on you, and let people forget about it. Have I'll another point. I do agree with you on the Giannis one. So you did agree with me. Giannis has the most pressure, but I am going to disagree with you that yeah, because Giannis. What is Giannis? All we've ever heard is what is Giannis as a player. We know he's amazing driving to the rim. He's a better Ben Simmons. What? But that's what I'm saying. If you want to get, if, if this isn't even about the just legacy this is about maybe being the face of the nba because we're going to have a new face of the nba lebron is moving i mean no matter what yeah. people want to believe lebron james is getting older he's moving on he's going to go to his next career they need to find a new face of the league whether that's that could be any of them but they need to figure out what they're what who's going to be the next face Giannis is he going to be that next guy and then Simmons I would put Simmons at four because we already know what Simmons is Simmons doesn't want the moment Simmons doesn't like to shoot he's terrified yeah, to but play that makes ball. it even worse that makes it even worse that, that means there's more pressure you already know, you already know how he's going to be yeah but Chuck, that's more pressure because if he plays like he did he took four shots he, Jeff, he can't make a free throw shooting 32 percent from the free throw line 
That's pressure, bro. If he plays awful, plays so poorly, or even if he plays okay and he plays like he did, plays okay, you know, he has just a, I don't know, 10 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. That's not good enough, bro. That's not your number two star. That's not going to get Philly. And then I think you're looking at Philly going, we got we to gotta do some serious changes. That's a team where you're like, all right, Dallas, I mean, what do we have? To, I mean, you got to start calling teams, and you got to start shipping all-stars away. I mean, Ben Simmons, I mean, the Lakers, LeBron loves Ben Simmons. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, I mean, that's the type of stuff that you're really going to have to evaluate. I look at the Nets and go, well, if they lose, nothing's going to happen to that team except for they're just going to get better role players. If Giannis and them lose, nothing. I, I don't know what's going to happen. It'll probably just be the coach, and the same team will come back next year with a healthy Dante DiVincenzo. If if the Clippers lose, well, they'll be like, hey, Kawhi was hurt. That's going to be the excuse in L.A., which, you know what's funny? I didn't even realize, and I saw this before, I didn't realize the Clippers have never made – the Clippers have never made the conference finals I thought they made the conference finals at least once with Blake Griffin. They had just lost. They've never made the conference finals. So, either way, listen, I'm hoping like they have been, all the games are going to be great. You know, I'm looking forward to see what type of game the Sixers play tonight. And then, I, and I, and I think the way we both projected last night, I think the Jazz find a way to get back Game Seven home. Okay. I'm going to go. I, I say I said Atlanta would go to the Eastern Conference Finals and not be surprised by it. I'm going to stick with that. I think the Atlanta Hawks win tonight. And then I got the got the Utah Jazz. I got both teams. I got the both unknowns of the Utah Jazz and Atlanta Hawks going. One team advancing, one team playing for Game 7. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some baseball. I know D. Joseph Aguirre is currently in dead traffic right now, so we might not be getting D. Joseph Aguirre currently, so we'll be talking some baseball. We'll be right back. Rocky Hill Accountants offers a unique, low-pressure approach to professional and personal services, which is why they have an excellent client retention rate and are extremely proud of the high-quality services that their firm provides. The executive team at Rocky Hill Accountants has over 35 years of combined experience in income tax preparation, bookkeeping, accounting, and IT crypto tax. They specialize in individual income tax preparation, as well as trusts, estates, and gift tax returns. The tax deadline for individuals is May 17th. If you're one of the 50 million Americans who still hasn't filed, visit RockyHillAccountants.com. Sorry, I was, I didn't know you were going to go back and be like, hey, Clovercrest Media presents Keys City. We're live on Friday afternoon at one o'clock in the afternoon on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Yeah, I saw the picture that Joe just said, dead traffic on ED4. So yeah, every time it's nice out. Shut nice. up. Stop talking. Be what quiet. No. Jesus. Every time I talk, it's like you just try to keep going. Shush. Oh, you don't oh, like it? God. No. I don't. So, I don't, I don't, care. don't I don't really care what you don't like. You want to play that game? You can't do nothing about it. You're in Florida. All right, so guess what? That's how we're going to play this game, I see, huh? See, That's later. what happens when I got the power. That's what happens when I got the power. I can do whatever I want to do. Just remember it, buddy. I'm 1,300 miles away in the great state of Florida. That's Don't worry. Yeah. 
What's the matter, Ted? Ted wants Ted wants to go tan. Ted wants to go. Ted Ted was rushing me today because Ted wanted to go. Ted wants to get in tan. Right, Ted? You want to go? You want to go? What was today? You want to see what eight years ago it was? Yeah, let's see. Let's see what happened. Hold on. Are we out, man? We don't want to see that. I don't want no negativity. He doesn't even know I'm there. Yeah, I don't want to see that. See, I don't like seeing that stuff. I don't know why you're going to show me that. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see that. I'm going to keep doing this. You want to keep doing that? So let's get into it. Last week, we talked about the MLB. We talked about the MLB's issue, the ongoing issue going it currently. And we got a new rivalry going on in baseball. No, it's not the Yankees, Red Sox. It's not the Cardinals and Cubs or the Padres and Dodgers. It's the pitchers versus the MLB. Because now you have pitchers coming out and two big names in Garrett Cole and Tyler Glasnow that came out and kind of just gave out their frustrations. You could tell that these guys and these pitchers, and maybe they're speaking up for all pitchers, of the frustration that they've been dealing with for the past couple of weeks. Now we know that this is probably going, this has been going on forever, but you know that these pitchers are now speaking up and I, I give them credit because they are speaking up for their belief. Whereas I've seen in the past, we haven't seen hitters when people bash them, went after them. We haven't seen that. We've seen pitchers now doing this in the sense of you see Glasno, you see Cole talking and saying, just talk to us. Why are we getting pointing the finger at us? Why are we doing this? Why is everybody going after us all of a sudden now? It's our fault that these hitters can't hit anything. I know the spin rate might be a little different, all this, or whatever kind of RPMs and all this fancy, fancy stuff now all of a sudden that baseball has on display for us. But who wins this matchup ultimately? Is it the pitchers? Do they get a solution? Or is the MLB just going to be the MLB and always come out on top. Trev, may I, um, before I answer this question, may I read something? This paragraph I just read by Jeff Passan. And I just, I, I want, it just shows the disconnect on teams right now, also, as well as the pitchers in Major League Baseball. I don't know if you, Trev, did you read the article this week on Jeff Passan about talking about this? It came out like a day and a half ago. I was actually reading it before the show. I was on part, yeah, I was on part so, two. Did you, you read that first paragraph? He said, yeah. so it said, inside the dugout of a National League team this week, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. passive-aggressive squabble broke out. Two veteran hitters returned to the dugout after striking out and said loud enough for everyone in their dugout to hear sticky stuff. The starting pitchers in the dugout, tired of hearing hitters blame, blaming their failures on a foreign substance, boogeyman mumbled, be better. So I, th I think – I think that's another problem because it's not just Major League Baseball. I think Major League Baseball has a problem because they've allowed it forever. And now all of a sudden, here's my problem. When you do something for so long and then all of a sudden, just because someone's unhappy with it, they start to cry and complain about it. We got to change the world. I mean, that's the world we live in nowadays. I mean, God forbid anyone ever says the word no to a kid or anything no more. You can't do that. He said, what, what did he say? He said a bad word? He just said no. I think you, it's not just Major League Baseball versus the pitchers. You're looking at, I mean, these Yankee guys. Cole hasn't said that he's used it, but he pretty much is saying he's used it when he came out the other day and bashed Major League Baseball and said he agreed with Tyler Gatsno. Tyler Gatsno the other day said it. 
and said that he had to change. I mean, I watched the game the other night. If you So his spin rate was down about 250 RPMs from what he normally is. But if you watched him during the game, even though he threw like the three fastest fastballs he's ever thrown, he was a lot of, you know, working the ball and rubbing it on his, um, his pants and everything. Because he said the ball is very chalky. Now, also the weather in Tampa that night was like upper 40s, like low 50s, so it was colder. So you don't get that, you know, normal wet grip that you would get if it's summertime down in the south. But it's it's going to be an issue. I mean, Tyler Gosseno says he had to completely change his grips of how he threw the baseball. And, and he, also, if you saw, he also mentioned that part of his injury was because of this. That's what I mean. He's bl- I mean, he's no, it's cool that he throws 100 miles an hour, but part of this was because of this this issue that's been going on. The way he threw the ball didn't change his mechanics, but the grips he had on the baseball, he had to completely change. And he said the day after he pitched, he felt a lot more pain in his arm and uh, shoulder than he normally didn't felt on, on, when he was normally pitching. Here's my thing. If it's not steroids, if it's not sticky stuff, it's not this, it's not that, juice balls, it's always an excuse, all right? Hitters got to be better. They have to be better. Stop blaming. I I hate that we're always looking for someone else to blame for your own flaws. Just look in the goddamn mirror. Figure it out. Like, why, why does everyone have to blame someone? I mean... Well, hitters automatically are going to start hitting better because, what, there's no sticky stuff? I mean, come on, let's be honest, Trev. They weren't in before that. Even with the juice balls, it wasn't like they were all hitting 300. They were just hitting balls for home runs. And then they strike out a thousand times. I mean, we know that personally because we watch the Yankees day in and day out, and it's either, well, there goes a home run, or there's 10 strikeouts in a row, and there goes a home run, there's another five. There was no in-between. The only guy that ever made contact was DJ. My my thing was is is now that you saw Cole come out, you see Glassnell come out. Would you see more pitchers start to come out and speak out on this issue currently? Because they're, I mean, they're taking the brunt of it. This is the ones that the, uh, people are going after them. You hear them players starting to now accuse them sticky stuff. You hear rats like Josh Donaldson come out and start pointing the finger. And you got the MLB trying to come crashing down on them with all this stuff. Will we see more pitchers in the future or in the next coming weeks? speak out because now that you saw Cole, one of the main culprits supposedly of this whole illegal substance, and then Glasnow as well, who's a big-name pitcher in the game. Did you happen to see the uh, Chicago White Sox pitcher this week? I believe his last name is Rendon. Oh, Carlos Rendon. Yes. Did you see what he said? One of the no-hitters this year. Did you see what he said? No, I didn't. He bashed Major League Baseball about you're going to suspend pitchers for some stupid foreign substance, but you couldn't you couldn't suspend the Houston Astros for cheating to win a World Series. It's amazing, right? I just I I, I, I mean, let's call it what it is, right? A spade, a spade. I yeah. mean, it's it's funny. All of a sudden, you're going to suspend a guy for 10, 10 games because ten games is what the minimum. It seems like that yeah, looks I like. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Why? Because a bunch of hitters. Um, t- this is going to affect pitcher going forward. This is going to affect the CBA going forward. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. And because, I mean, this could cause dissension. I mean, no one on the Yankees have complained, and maybe they've never complained because they're like, hey, listen, our guys are using it too. So, like, that's my problem. Like, Josh Donaldson, was no one on your Blue Jays pitching staff 
using anything. Not one pitcher. With no, like, not with the you twins. know what I mean? Not one, not one person. Yeah. I mean, no one's used it before on a team that you played for. So what? Because you're slumping and, and can't hit the ball no more. Now we're gonna now we're gonna blame the pitchers. My thing is this: I watched the Glassno thing the other. Day. I had no problem with what he said. I agreed with everything he said. Get either get a better ball and suppose and listen. I'm only speaking on this from what I've heard from Michael Kane. They said the Japanese ball is a better ball. It's got a little more tackiness to it. So maybe then you wouldn't need to take. I guess the major league boss uh, baseball is very uh, salty, sandy. Doesn't have you know um, a finer But the major yeah. league baseball has messed with the ball multiple times. The ball's harder than it's ever been. The, the the um oh my god the stitches are much thicker than they've ever been you know mm-hmm. the juice ball we've talked about before in, on our show and other teams have talked about it where you know the ball seemed harder and have a, like a solid core I mean don't, don't tell me Major League Baseball hasn't uh, messed with the ball for the benefit of of runs and scoring and 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 fan appreciation so no, you know. At the end of the day, you're either going to accept baseball for what it is, or you ain't going to watch baseball. I mean, I don't think anything really is going to change other than now guys are not going to cheat or use a sticky such as much because they can't afford the 10 games. I just think, I just think it's a bunch of BS just because, like you said, hitters, can't hit, anymore. hitters, can't, hit any, hitters can't hit anymore, and people are starting to try to point the finger and say, well, these guys are doing something that we can't figure out. Well, Get better at hitting the ball then. I don't know what to tell you. This is not – if this is really your big issue right now that you're dealing with, and Carlos Rodon, I didn't even know that he said that, but thankfully you told me that. I mean, yeah, you're going to make a bigger deal about this than a cheating scandal in, in which it affected championships? It just shows where baseball's head's at. This is why people always get annoyed. This is why people are just tired. And people just move on from baseball because of little situations like this. It's just ongoing little issues that, yeah, people are going to say, well, this is not a little issue. Well, it's been going on forever, all right? It's been going on since the 1900s. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to make a huge deal because we're in 2021 and we have to make a huge deal about everything in this world or in this country, I should say, because we have no better issues to figure out. Let's just keep peeling the finger and ratting on who. I hope that the pitchers, more and more pitchers, step up to the plate. Not physically, but literally. I hope they more I hope they more speak up. Because it's ridiculous. Get new balls. Get something. Change it up. If this is gonna be your reasoning, if this is gonna be your issue that you're gonna be dealing with going into the summer, then you better figure it out. Because you had multiple years to figure this out with the juice balls. That was the issue. Now it's it. We got to have a happy medium. They got to figure out something. They got to have some sort of happy medium and come to a compromise. Well, Trevor, and the other thing I agree with on this statement is, and it comes from Colin Glassenow, is you literally just said, well, we're going to start now. Like, how about, like, we're going to weed ourselves into, like, maybe by after All-Star break, we're going to start checking. You know what I mean? Or start next year. But to say, like, all of a sudden, because, listen, I, I'm in the position where I agree with these pitchers, and and I look at it and say they know what they're talking. Like Glassnell and Cole don't wouldn't say what they said about the way you throw the baseball. Yeah. Well, here's my thing. I can't tell Tiger Woods or a professional or someone how to do their job if I've never done it before. Okay. 
So for for Major League Baseball, some guys in suits that have never played the game, just to tell these guys that you totally got to change the way you're playing, you know, this isn't sticking a needle in your rear end and all of a sudden you're going to get muscles and you're going to hit the ball farther. No, no, no. This is helping them develop a grip on the ball so so they can pitch better. Now, I don't know if that makes sense, if, if, that's, if that's the same narrative, and maybe I'm not understanding because I'm a moron, but to me... Sticking a needle, sticking a needle to make sure I, you know, I'm 100%, 162 games a year for steroids or HGH, or I'm taking amphetamines in the in the late 60s and 70s, so I, I'm upper, so I'm always flowing and ready to go. Then, I don't know. It, it is what it is. It's just another stupid ass controversy that we're talking about with baseball instead of talking about, hey, the Yankees just won three games in a row. They look really good. Sanchez is hitting the ball well. I mean, it's a positive. I'll take yeah. it. Anytime I listen, I was like, Yankees are winning. I'm like, they look good. I mean, they they played good baseball up in Toronto. They won three games in a row. I sent you the picture last night. Gary Sanchez is playing much better the past 16 games. He's been like 364, five home runs, 11 RBIs. Right? And now maybe you could say, hey, maybe the sticky stuff is going. Maybe he's hitting the ball better. No, maybe he's just playing with less pressure. Maybe he's, maybe maybe Joe was saying to a month ago when saying when he was 16 years old and the Yankees went to go scout him and you're like, that guy's good. I want him to be my catcher. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah, um, he is. Man. Yeah, he is. You could, you could admit it. <laughs> uh, you know, like, he, he has a great name. Like, he was a really good catcher. Good enough that you thought he could be a major league catcher for the New York Yankees. Okay, for him... I mean, his whole stance has changed now with his leg down. I mean, they've messed with him so many times that you ruin a guy. You ruin his whole mechanics as a catcher. And he walks in as I'm talking about Gary Sanchez. It's it's a pleasure to meet you. You're you're 45 minutes late to the show, sir. Terrible traffic. You do do it again, you're cut off. You're done. You're off the team. I was watching the show, and then my phone died, too, like 10 minutes ago. We're like so, the MLB. We're giving you a 10-game suspension if you don't if you do that again. So here's where, here's where we're at, Joe. I'm done talking about the sticky stuff. Okay. I want to get your take. Hold on, quick. Hold on, quick take. Um, do you think that who do you think wins this matchup? Or should I say, do you do you see pitchers more pitch, pitchers speaking out about this issue with the Cole coming out, Glassano, and even Rodon coming out? Do you see more pitchers speaking out about this? And then we'll get quickly to the Yankees. Yes, because they all use stuff. But do you have a problem with it? No. Okay. Have they been using it forever? Did Gaylord Perry made a Hall of Fame career out of a spitball? That baseball is so hypocritical. I mean, give me a break. You, like I've been saying, you, you've you been pushing launch angle and uppercutting 100-mile-an-hour fastballs for the last four years. What did you think was going to happen? The averages were going to go up? It's hard to uppercut fastball. It's hard to uppercut anything. Because it does because no one cares to strike out no more. If you strike out 150 times or 200 times, it doesn't matter as long as you hit 35 home runs and you bring in 100 RBIs. No one cares. No one cares if you got 240 and 35 home runs and 100 RBIs is acceptable no more. No, that gets you a hundred million dollar contract. No one wants to see back 300 and hit 15 home runs and 80 RBIs. No one wants to see that. Hit the ball over the fence. That's what they want to see. They don't want to see singles and doubles. 
so, so Joe, we were we were just talking about we briefly got into the Yankees because I really wasn't going to talk about the Yankees because I'm not I'm I'm waiting on the Yankees because Joe, I brought my, the Yankees up and no, I brought Gary Sanchez up I have, and I was saying how he's been the best catcher in baseball the past oh, three God. weeks. Get a, get out of here! No, no, yeah. no, no! He's batting yeah. over three sixty. He's got five home runs, eleven RBIs. He's playing a lot more loose. They're not messing with him anymore. In like a two-week stretch, he's the best catcher. How about that? Give you- well, if he's listening, if he's going to turn it around, he needs to have two good weeks before we can have three, four, five. He's a very streaky player. I mean, you you definitely know that about Gary Sanchez. When the guy gets hot, he gets hot. Ride this out. Think about what I said earlier this year, right? We talked about who the most important Yankee was. Is it Judge? Is it Stanton? Is it Cole? And I said, I think this team goes – as far as Gary Sanchez goes, if by June 1st, he's on waivers because he's hitting a buck 20. Well, this could be a long year for the Yankees. The fact that he's now resurgent and look at their, their last eight games, definitely see a swing in the action Four games over 500. Yeah. So, you know, look, baby steps. It's, it's easy to dismiss a couple of, a couple of weeks stretch and be like, but he's got to get hot for a couple of weeks before it's anything. Otherwise, he's just still slumping. Joe, one of my coworkers who's a serious avid fan was saying he looks like he's playing with less pressure now. Like he doesn't feel like he, there's a guy creeping over his shoulder to take his job because Higgy hasn't been playing much. I don't know if you noticed, Trev. Higgy don't play that much no more. And oh man, I miss Higgy. I miss the oh, days stop, of Higgy. Stop your nonsense. He's what he is. He's a really good back. I miss catcher. Austin Romine. Yeah, I miss Austin Romine too. The, the problem why you get frustrated with Gary Sanchez is it's no different than why you look at like a Ben Simmons or Giannis. You see the talent. You know he has the talent. He had the talent at 16. That's why they went to go scout him. That's why they're like, like that's going to be our catcher for the future. Would you like my response? Is a, the frustrating. Shut up for a second. The frustrating part for the as a fan is when you see the talent and you just continually see him suck. It's upsetting because when you see this, you're like, why can't we just get a little bit of this more consistently? Balance it out. Don't go give me two weeks of greatness and then just disappear for a month and then do it again. But that's what we have as a New York Yankee team because stands like that, judges like that, they get hot for two or three weeks. And then something goes wrong, and then they disappear. And then we were like, you suck again. It's like Go ahead, just, Go ahead speaking, 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 speaking nonsense. Anyways, what I was going to say is, and I hope you guys enjoyed my response yesterday to this, good trade value. Get them real hot. Get them for more than peanuts now. Now you get them for a chicken tender basket. I'm just kidding. Right, what are you trading them for? Huh? What are you trading them for? Hey, Guy. Hey, no, Higgy is not even hitting 200 now. He's terrible. Damn, I miss those days when Higgy, he was hitting. Gardner Maybe it's maybe it's just the Yankees are. Just maybe you should watch the baseball game. Why have the Yankees become so tricky to figure out this year? Because they've done it twice this year that they've had two triple plays actually, and last night's triple play was incredible. That was a crazy, crazy Gary triple Sanchez, play. Baby. Why have the Yankees? Why have the Yankees, Joe, become so tricky to figure out this year? Because I'm not getting. I know they just swept the Blue Jays. Congratulations! Huge series this week against the red hot Oakland A's coming into town. I want to wait and pause still again. It's another week that I'm on pause with the Yankees. Because they're a streaky team. Oh, oh, yeah, but just like the hitter. 
You know what, though? There's another word for streaky teams, and it's inconsistent, and it's the more negative of the two words. Yeah. And the Yankees have been more inconsistent than they have been streaky. Yeah. They've been they've been inconsistent for more stretches than they've been streaky this year. Of and course, that's the problem. You agree. Well, sure. Everybody listen, everybody. Right, listen. They go play Toronto, and everybody's thinking, oh, Toronto's going to bash their brains in. And you walk away with a three-game sweep, and you're like, I don't get these guys at all. Because, yeah, remember at the beginning of the week, I remember talking to my father. He's like, what are the Yankees going to do? Are they getting rid of somebody? What are they going to do with the – this is at the beginning of the week, four days ago. We're talking about this. Well, they just now, talking, they come off of a sweep of the of a team that was ahead of them in the standings. Now they're in third place. It's like, what the hell kind of team am I talking about this week? Like, am I talking about – the Yankees that have been red hot at times, or has it been the Yankees that get swept by the Detroit Tigers and they go on a big losing streak and they can't, and now they can't find the way to hit the ball out of the infield. Like, I don't know what Yankee team that I should talk about, whether it's on a Tuesday or whether it's on a Friday each week, because I don't know what team is showing up. Is it the team that we've been talking about for years now where they hit six or seven home runs a game? And they go for 15 runs, or is it a team that has about 10 Ks as a team, and they get and they only have about three hits? That's why I, I've been kind of steadying it, kind of like backing off on the Yankees because I don't know what to make of the Yankees. I don't really want to talk about the Yankees every week in the sense of oh well they look good, and the next week oh they look bad. I, I don't know what to make of this team right now. And, but if you had to think of them right now at this current state, going against this Friday night on January July. July June 18th, what are the New York Yankees to both of you guys right now? Joe, I'll start with you. It's a team of guys hitting about 260 that aren't hitting the ball into the seats. That's what they are, and that's not what they're supposed to be, and they're not good enough to be anything different, and that's the problem. Okay. Ted? I was I'm trying to think of I was trying to think of the right word. Uh, they're a 500 team. They're they're just missing their shot. They're hitting the front rim of the basket on the way, on the free throw. They're there. The, the the form is there. They have the pieces. They are just not putting it together. As Joe said before, he used a word that's not as as nice, but the inconsistent word is 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 the right word though. It's a negative word, but it's the right word in this manner because. When they're good, they're good. I mean, the other night, Gary Sanchez comes in, hits a pitch hit, home run, a bomb. I mean, they won three to two. I mean, Chapman the other night, perfect example. He he <laughs> looks like crap for the first two batters. You get second and third with no outs, and they manage to Houdini out of the out of the out of the game. I mean, Gary Sanchez, because Vlad not you not playing, he looks like he's on the Yankees, gets too far off at third base, and Gary guns, I mean, throws a rocket down the third base line. And throws him out of third. And then Chapman's able to strike out the side. I mean, you know, they took advantage of the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays did not play well this series. After they just bashed Boston up in Boston, they didn't do that against the Yankees. Michael King had his best performance last night. Looked good. The bullpen looked good. You know, Chapman's been a little shaky. I mean, that's the thing. Chapman, like, gives up, like, the first two hits again, like he does, and then all of a sudden he strikes out the side. So it reminds me of Wetland in the old days. But they're inconsistent. They're they're there. The town is there. They are missing a piece. I'll be honest with you. They are what definitely missing what is, a piece. What is that piece? I, here's the thing. Guardy cannot be an everyday starter. So they need another reliable outfielder. I think the, the trade of Mike Talkman, um, 
you know, at the time didn't seem like a big deal, but maybe if that guy was in the lineup and could have played every day over Garter, that would definitely give him more versatility and more power. Um, I know we're not going to talk about it because it's not that big deal, but Michael Ford it got traded to Tampa Bay, watched Tampa turn him into a superstar. Not really, but we'll never know. Um, but I think I think what they really need is they're going to have to go try to find another starting pitcher because Severino's not coming back. He is not coming back. That injury was – I saw the video. He's not coming back. There's no way – the time he has to come back to rehab, to get his arm into shape, the season will be over. He won't be ready. And it won't even be a point to put him on the postseason roster. Debbie Garcia is not ready for the big time. Every time he comes up, he's, he's inconsistent. So they need – they're going to need another pitcher. They're going to need another pitcher if they plan to win a World Series because Cole's not going to be able to carry this team. Um, so I think they need another outfielder and another starting pitcher. Because I think all the other pieces, and Duhar's a good piece, plays a good outfield, hits the ball well. Gio's our best infielder. He's a, he's phenomenal. I mean, he makes every play look easy. You know what I mean? And and I think, honestly, Trev, if this team really wants to win a championship, DJ Romeo can't be batting one for five at the leadoff. Can't be batting one for five. That's why when Joe said when Joe said earlier that this Yankee team goes as – Gary Sanchez, I would say this Yankee team, and I've been saying it for quite some time now, goes when DJ LeMahieu goes. That's why this team is kind of stagnant at times offensively because of the fact that you need your great leadoff hitter. A great team always leads off, always has a great leadoff hitter. And that's why the Yankees were winning 100-plus games last past couple of years, and their offense was at the top of every off major offensive category. And that's why DJ LeMahieu was in the top three, top four of MVP voting the past two years because he got on base, clutch hitting. You're not seeing any of that this year. Striking out a lot, doesn't see the ball. It seems like he's been playing great field, don't get me wrong. But we signed him to be the 330, 340 batting a hitter, a career average as a Yankee so far. That, that's what we expect from him. Not the guy that's batting 250. This team goes when DJ LeMahieu goes. And you're seeing it almost looks like the time when Gardney was Gardy was being the starting uh, leadoff hitter. That's what it comes down to for me. It's always been like that, and it's going to be like that until he starts to play DJ LeMahieu ball. Joe, what do you think the Yankees need to do if there is a a move to make? What would you uh, look at? I think uh, Joey Gallo is a guy that I think would fit in. Would be a lot of two prospects for him. I, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to cost you a ton. I mean, you, you know. Joe, where's he going to play, I, though? He's a right fielder. So that's great. No, he can also play some uh, left field. So, and he could play first base. He could play third. But you, So, again, it gives you the flexibility, and it gives you a big bat. And, again, not for he certainly does. fits. The, he fits what you're doing. I don't want and, that. I don't want the same but, thing. But – so listen, uh, uh, here's what here's what we want. We want a we want a guy who's got like a 350 on base percentage and a 330 average, and he hits. He's got like a dozen home runs and 40 RBI already. Did they make those guys, but he doesn't exist. He's not a real person. And if he were, yeah, Mike, he would. Right, he's Mike Trout or he's Juan Soto or Ronald Acuna. Like that guy's. No one's trading that guy this year at all. There's no reason to. So to me, look, I think Joey Gallo, it, it, it's he, I, I, again, the strikeouts are not what you want, but where you can plug this guy in when Luke Voigt comes back, when Aaron judge gets hurt again, it'll, it'll give you a little bit more flexibility. And again, I think because he's a guy who sort of, it hits into your hitting style. It, it makes more sense than it, again, 
there's nobody out there to get that's gonna change the dynamic of this team. Well, I, and I don't think the and I don't think the Yankees have the resources to go out and get an impact player. I don't think they have that. I would um I would look at Starlin Marte from the because they need a center fielder too. Well, here's my thing. Why can't you? I mean, I would love to ask Cashman, how long are you gonna hold this kid Esteban Foro down there? Like, I mean, what's he be 29? Like, Jesus. Gardner's old. He's not Baxmore. He doesn't hit for power. He's not doesn't hit for average. He's not at least let this kid play for two months. If he's if he sucks, then who cares? Then are we Wipe him out. But sitting in the minor leagues so you're 29, either trade him. I, I mean, I'm not going to use the word, but, you know, something or off the pot. You know what I mean? What do you want me to say, Trev? You want me to say it? You, want me to say it? Come on. you could say hit or get off the pot. Well, yeah, but, I, Ted's not, but Ted's not smart enough to uh, Trev, say that. Yeah. <laughs> He's, He's a moron. You're a moron, Ted. Is it more likely that the Yankees struggle – whether that's lose, not get to the World Series, that Brian Cashman would be more likely to get fired than Aaron Boone. I think Cashman needs. I mean, Cashman's the one that puts this together, right? Am I right? He's the one that makes the move, signs the checks, puts the contracts out. He's the one that puts it all together, right? Boone's yeah. the one that just puts it on the lineup, rotation, yada yada yada. Is Cashman more? Likely, just yada yada yada. Is Cashman more likely to get fired at the end of the year? If the Yankees have the season that the trajectory is right now, yeah, you well, not for nothing. Listen, people that complain that Hal's being cheap and Cashman's got to go out and get somebody, dude. There's a you have a two hundred and ten million dollar roster. Tap the brakes. I'm just saying, in the sense because because of that that huge uh, tax and in the sense yeah. of who he's how could for. how could you guess that Glaber and DJ would massively underperform that that Frazier would massively underperform that Gardner would be completely washed up. You expected Stanton and judge and Hicks to get hurt. Voight is that's a regular thing too. Oh, Hicks is a regular thing. That's more likely than, I don't know. I can't, you know, we were looking at this pitching rotation. We were excited about Kluber. He threw the no, no. Now he's a no go. James Tyone is terrible. He's just not very good all, at all. All, all moves Shocking. that are, all move. <laughs> Domingo Herman is it lights yeah, out was, one game. The next game he gives up seven runs. I mean, yeah, I, it's they have one bad game. It's, I think he started tonight. They're playing the A's tonight. Scrap the plan. Yankees need people, to go. People always call him inconsistent, and every time I'm like, he's not inconsistent. He gives up seven runs. That's what yeah, always you know, happens. So, you know, he had been pitching oh, really well. He had been. He like, had I mean, been. But I'll tell you what. He's the kind of guy who four or five times a year is going to have an absolute god awful outing. Absolutely. But and I can live with that. 16 games. Oh, I yeah. Mean, oh, I, can, I can live with that. That was not what he did the year he won the 18 games. I he, think had he, four, could, he had four terrible games that year, and every other game was a really good start. Maybe I not all quality, but pretty damn close. I can see him finishing 16 and 10. It's oh, like definitely. Every, it's like every time we bash somebody, they perform. Hey. Maybe her mom pitches well tonight. As good as Cole pitched the other night, DeGrom is the best right now. He's unbelievable. I want to know what he uses on his finger. Nothing. Nothing. All of his yeah. Right. He uses, right. He uses, 
Yo, right, yo, right. On, Listen, yo, my, yo. my favorite example is Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt has set that that hundred meters like a million times over, and everybody that comes in second, third, and fourth fails a test for some performance enhancing drug. So not only is he beating everybody, they're all cheating, and he's still winning. What is that guy using? Give me a break. I know what he's still can't beat Degrom. I know what he's. I know what he's using. He's using the same stuff that Joe uses when he's pitching on the wiffle ball mount. Oh, let me tell you something. I'll never stop, man. I got a little Listen, on the back of the ear. And he still well, you got the hair now to do it. Nobody knows. <laughs> Get the hair long. Let it flow in the back. Get up there. But no. But what? Listen. What he's doing is. I mean, he's he has more RBIs than he has runs given up this year. I mean, the other night he came in. He had he only pitched three innings. He struck out eight of the nine batters. I mean, I know we, he had a lead. Yeah, he's pitch. also left more starts before the fifth inning than he's allowed what, runs they, this year. You know what, though? They're not losing his games. The bullpen and the team is hitting and they're performing and they're not blown. And well, he's knocking in most of the runs in his own starts. But yeah, I get your and point. They're the winning. Hot. They they what they went three. They swept the Cubs or three out of four. They should play well. The last ten they're games. Five, they're five games up in the a uh, the NL East. They should sit him for a little bit. Don't you need him at the end? Like it's I mean. Huh? They won't be there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Just use him now so we can see him at the All-Star game. The yeah, Cole, versus, Cole versus DeGrom in the All-Star game. I will point out what I did say to a Mets fan buddy of mine the other day, and he did say, solid point. I, I said, you know, not for nothing. Garrett Cole faces nine major league hitters every start. Oh, I know DeGrom only faces eight. Not eight. And in some cases, not seven. Um, there's definitely still some very weak teams and positions. You know, you still have you still have teams in the National League that like platoon players. You know what I mean? Like, not, yeah, but not in the NL East. The NL East is good. The, the NL East is good, but who's he who's he feasting on? I mean, the whole NL East. And everyone no. else in Major League Baseball. He's got, yeah. show, he's got a point five four. Like no, you listen, you know even, I love the guy. You know I'm a huge DeGrom fan. Nobody even, likes this like, guy more than I do. Uh, it's, it's so remarkable. Yeah, I'm, okay, Trump. Trump. Okay, I'm his biggest just... fan, always have been. I got a Jake DeGrom hat. I'm not wearing it right now, but I, I could go get it. I want it. I could. Don't you have a big bobblehead there too? I, I, I do. I, it's just off camera, unfortunately. I like the guy. I watched. I saw the. I watched the high. Uh, the first three innings the other night. I watched Cole the other night too. Degrom strikes the guys out with such ease. It's kind of weird. And now, Joe, I'm thinking like maybe his batters really do get bored in the outfield or the field because I mean, Trev, if you watch watch the first three innings and watch the highlights, it's like, I mean, Cole feel like I feel he works more to get the strikeouts. Degrom yeah. throws with ease, bro. I mean, the ball just flies out of his hands like no Let me, ask you, this, let me ask you this before we go. What do you expect from the Yankees this week against one of the cream of the crop of the uh, of the? Win two out of three. Win two out of three like you're supposed to. 66% baseball. That's how you get 90 wins. Two out of yeah. three. Um, probably not as optimistic. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the, the goal is to is to go in there and, and win – two out of three or or better but 
you know, I mean, take it one day at a time. You know, take it the, one the, day. yeah, I mean, the 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 pitching matchups don't look so we got. to be what totally we got. in their favor. So we got so. we got James. Oh, oh, we got our boy Tayon tonight. One in four, five point seven four year Ray versus. James, whatever. James yeah, Capillarian, who's finally putting it all together this year. Yeah, he's, only three and one. he's only three and one, 32 innings pitch. Yeah, whatever, 2.51. We'll smoke him tonight. We'll take care of him. Seven shutout innings. Watch, 10 strikeouts. Do, do you have anything to say as you uh, made a prediction last week on the show and that failed miserably last Saturday night? Yeah, that was – um. That was not a good fight, Joe. Yeah, that was regrettable. I was, I was drunk and I ordered it at the end. He won as fight. Let me say this. All right, about, this is this about is Marvin Vittori. Oh my God! Throw a fight. Throw a punch. I was wrong. You were dead wrong. I was all right. I was wrong. Let's not. <laughs> no, you, no, you, you need to, you need to, you need to quantify it with subjective. Joe, this terms. is a dead. This is a dead wrong. This is a dead wrong thing. I will say this though. Marvin Vittori has now been in eight rounds with Israel Adesanya, and Israel Adesanya has not even buckled his knees. So while he's clearly the better fighter, he, he cannot, cannot, and has not, and came in with a lot of hatred and animosity towards the Italian, as he calls him, and he still couldn't finish him. So if there's anything I'll hang my hat on, it's the fact that you decisioned Vittori again. Congrats. You can't take this dude out. He's too tough for you, and he's too strong. That sounds like Mayweather. All they do is win, win, win. We'll see how the Yankees, we'll see how the Yankees do this weekend. A big series against the Oakland Athletics. Got Game Seven tomorrow night. KD in the KD in the Nets against Giannis in the Bucks. What happens with that? And then you got some clinchers, possible game clinchers tonight. We got Game Sixes, a pair of Game Sixes. I cannot wait. There's a lot of NBA going on. NFL is kind of slow right now. I'm not sure to talk about with the NFL. It's shocking. But hopefully it's there's some No, it's not shocking. This is always the dead period in the NFL season. No, we, need, we need Aaron Rodgers to get traded. No, we um, let me we tell you something. Uh, on John about the G-Men, we, we talked about uh, Kadarius Tony missing OTAs and the Madden cover. So there's zero going on. There's zero. Dude, this is the one period. This is where they go on vacation and they come back in the third week of July and they get ready for training camp. And that's when sugar mamas party starts, bro. That's when it all goes. We'll see what happens. A lot of Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere. Jeff, you should go up to you should go up to uh down to Miami to go to the training camp. Check out Tua, give us a live scoop. Oh, yeah, that's true. I gotta I wonder where they uh wonder where they do their training camp. Miami. Yeah, where Miami is at the stadium? Yes. No, they, they they do it. Oh my god. I just said where the was it that hard of a question to answer? I'm speaking down to your I'm speaking down to your language, bro. I'm speaking down to your language. Just remember that. See, that's your first problem. You're speaking down to my language. Yeah, I have to speak to you. Because it's working. It's working. You're answering. So my point exactly. Have a nice day. Ladies and gentlemen, we are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys of the City. So subscribe, comment, share, or like. Clovercrest Media. Don't do nothing. Just laugh at us from the sidelines. That's the attitude yeah. we like to have here, Ted. See? Speak down to Ted's language.
He Talk understands. To people, Kev. Share, like, love, do whatever you want. Spread the word. Keys and cities in your house, baby. Or in your house. <laughs> they might call the call. We're coming for you. Ladies and gentlemen, Cover Crest Video presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.